0: You are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, delivered every Tuesday, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Roy Aguilar, from the research department at First MetroSec. Hello everyone. Our sequence for this week, of course, we will tackle first. The weekly summary outlook and then stock picks for the week and then we'll also discuss after this the theme for the week which is what the corporates are saying amid this pandemic so first let's discuss the psei performance last week so the psei declined by 1.4 percent week on week to close at 6,000 so that's around 85 points down last week market sentiment was weighed down by malakanyang. Commenting anew on the possibility of reverting the NCR into a strict quarantine following the recent acceleration in confirmed COVID-19 cases and reports that many hospitals are reaching critical utilization levels. Optimism for vaccine use developments remained muted at least for this week. In terms of daily turnover value, it was relatively low at 3.7 billion alone last week, and foreigners were net sellers by billion in terms of our forecast for the week investors are likely to remain cautious as the market awaits use on the government's economic recovery plan from the Duterte's sauna and then we also have the resumption of congress this week we also have the faith of the community quarantine measures starting august and the release of first half corporate earnings results so downward pressure may come the possibility of worse-than-expected corporate earnings and tighter lockdown measures, especially in the NCR. In terms of our stock picks, for the week we have a couple of buy calls and one sell call. So first buy call for the week is Cebu Landmasters Inc. So the news is um, CLI's reclamation project in Cebu City has obtained an Environmental Compliance Certificate from the Department of Environment and National Resources, DANR, CLI identified the project as the 100-hectare Ming Mori Reclamation Project and said that this environmental compliance certificate came after a comprehensive two-year review. So our thought is, besides the positive sentiment that comes from the approval of the reclamation project, we think that the company is poised to outperform, in terms of earnings, In the sector given its properties are located in Visayas, Mindanao where there are significantly less COVID-19 cases as of this moment. Moreover, management said that CLI only had 10% of its residential units available as of end May 2020 and new project launches are currently ongoing to further increase housing inventory. Reservation sales should grow further given the planned launches. For 2020 alone, I is targeting to launch 14 projects worth 19.4 bit. So in terms of price action, we do recommend buying when it breaks out at around 5, when it breaks above 5.15 or 5.30. Our second buy call for the week is RHI. So RHI is expected to release its earnings around latter part of this week. We expect the company to outperform in earnings within the consumer sector. So we have this company Having a strategic diversification in the supermarket, drugstore, and convenience store segments, which accounts for around 70% of its revenues last 2019 and 77% of its revenues last first quarter of the year, which more than offset the risk from closures of its department store should it close again in the MECQ or ECQ scenario. This is just to buy the stock at current prices. For short-term periods. you can set your cut loss below five fifty eight point eighty five, But for those with a longer investment horizon, we have a buy recommendation for the stock with a target price of 88 within the next 12 months. So our sell call for the week is Semex Holdings. It's expected to release its earnings on Tuesday. What do we expect is demand for cement is expected to remain lackluster for most of the year, with the ECQ taking up most of the peak months for construction activity. Note that 2Q20, so from April to June, is the peak period for construction activity. Management added that construction will likely be challenged post-ECQ due to the incoming rainy season this second half of the year. Furthermore, execution delays may be expected, likely pushing out the implementation of some projects next year. We recommend selling one share price breaks below 0.90. That suggests further downside if that happens. In terms of what to watch out for the week, we have um, earnings releases. These companies are the ones that have scheduled earnings releases. so we have. Aboity's Equity Ventures, Avoid is Power Corp, and RHI on Thursday. And we have URC on Friday. So that's a scheduled one. But of course, not. some companies can still release their earnings or are expected to release their earnings in the coming week. So watch out for that. That's it for the weekly summary and outlook. So our theme for the week is what the corporates have been saying. given, Of course, they've given guidance to us. And we, the research team, compiled Statements from several listed companies. Of course, we know there will be second half or first half earnings release in the coming uh, days, in the coming weeks. This is a good way for us to recall what companies have been saying prior to the release of their earnings results. Of course, hopefully we'll have another podcast tackling what they've said according to the first half results. But okay, let's discuss first what they have told us. So the management teams of corporations have shared their thoughts about the COVID-19 pandemic its effects on their core businesses, and how their companies are navigating the new landscape. Actually, according to a survey conducted by the Employers' Confederation of the Philippines, 52.7% of micro, small, and medium enterprises have closed down permanently, and partially due to the prolonged lockdown. Their survey added that 17.7% or 8 million workers have been rendered jobless. Some micro to large enterprises have reported deferring their expansion or investment decisions due to the uncertainty brought by the pandemic. In the same survey, there were mixed results as to how their business were affected by the COVID-19 and how soon they expect operations to normalize. The sentiment of the surveyed companies is echoed by some of the larger corporations in the country. While many of the corporates are unsure of the market condition after the pandemic, some of them remain optimistic of business recovery highlighting the strength of their business operations and the resilience of their fundamental drivers of their sectors. So I would like to discuss um, the situation of different companies. Each company or different sectors of the economy um, of the corporations have faced different problems. First, let's discuss the companies that have cut or laid off workers. So in the airline sector, Cebu Air, Said that it will be implementing a second round of job cuts in the next couple of months. So the COVID-19 pandemic has caused travel demand to plunge. The management said that despite efforts to keep all the jobs, the company can no longer sustain its flights. And, you know, it, the subs flights have been reduced to only 10 to 15% of its pre-pandemic levels, while the expenses for aircraft maintenance, overhead, payment suppliers remain the same. They even added that no new money is coming in, as most passengers are either those who rebooked their tickets or those who just got stranded in the past two months. I believe uh, they disclosed a layoff of around 2,150 jobs, at least since Feb 2020. As for PAL, Philippine Airline Holdings, it cut around 300 workers. There's this ground hand- ground handling services at one aviation cutting... 1,400 jobs, Air Asia 260. So it's a really tough um, situation right now for the airline sector, to say the least. Under the holding sector, even avoid Executive Ventures announced irrationalizations of its workforce. Effective from end of this week, avoid is actually forced to lay off employees, all of whom will receive a separation package. This is hinged on the company changing its business strategy for some of its core segments inducing a slowdown in expansion and construction plans. Those are the companies that announced job cuts. Of course, there's still light at the end of the tunnel. On the other hand, uh, more listed companies saw this pandemic as a way to further enhance their competitive advantage to better reach their target market. So we have two holding companies. We have SM, we have Alliance Global Group, focusing on their digitalization initiatives. So for SM, uh, during the lockdown period, its malls initiated what is called click and collect, curbside pickup, smartphone messaging communities for deliveries, concert style personal shopping, via social media to reach its customers. As for AGI, it's accelerating its innovation digital transformation strategies, involving investments in e-commerce, customer service management. That's for SM and AGI. So there's this company DNL Industry Inc. Taking advantage of the sudden demand for coconut-based export products. So the plan, the company plans to capitalize on that trend as it develops more products and penetrates more markets globally. Telco company, Globe Telecom. Despite the pandemic, they even plan to build several cell sites. This already started this month until September 2020 nationwide to help increase capacity in response to the challenge of growing demand for data. We have other big cap names here. We have San Miguel Corp, MPI. Positive that their subsidiaries are well positioned in terms of recovery. We have SMC, you know, able to launch new ways of making its products available in more channels as part of the company's next normal. And we have MPI announcing that in in, in just a few months' time, they expect that traffic volume of its toll road business will return to 90 to 100% of its pre-pandemic levels. So. Keep in mind, that currently, they're seeing a rebound of around 67% of pre-pandemic levels compared to only 10% last March to April. So they're in line. Actually, a lot of companies deferring their capital expenditure. So as companies now have a better idea of the effect of the pandemic on their operations for the year, some have already reduced their capital expenditure programs to preserve cash as they prioritize staying. Solvent. So, for listed property names, um, the gist of their plan is to postpone expansion and land acquisitions for the year and focus on the ongoing projects. For megaworld specifically, it plans to um, shift its focus to meeting its current commitments in its residential and office businesses. We have consumer companies like URC, Jollibee, that given the uncertain outlook in the near term, they saw some significant disruption also in the supply chain. From the construction of facilities to the uncertain demand volume due to limited mobility of the customers, they will trim their CAPEX programs for the year and prioritize the critical ones for the meantime. We have also power distribution companies like Meralco planning to limit their CAPEX programs to address customer requirements and load growth. So that's their focus. We have is Power Corp disclosing that despite having lower CAPEX for the year, the Unit 1 of GN Power Dingin is still scheduled to commence operations by first quarter of next year due to its national significance. In terms of telco companies, to go back to that, we have PLDT and Globe planning to cut their capex amid facing delays with their network rollouts due to limited shipments of their sources or materials to build the infrastructure. However, both PLDT and Globe Highlighted that they could stick with their initial CapEx programs for the year due to rising demand. We mentioned earlier that Globe is actually building several cell sites. For TEL specifically, they are seeing varying degrees of opportunities in three key areas, namely enterprise, wireless consumer, and home broadband. On the enterprise side, TEL is looking at servicing companies that are implementing work from home arrangements, and we are seeing a lot of that, right? For wireless, um, the company is banking on the need for mobile data as for home broadband which is really the trend these days or at least where the demand is at PLDT aims to capitalize on the demand for home connectivity so that's that now going back to company specific plans let's go to RLC this is what the management is saying so they are optimistic on the sustainability of the company in the long term given its strong fundamentals and financial muscle however in the short term Management said that their focus remains on the well-being of its various stakeholders. Grants have been waived for non-operational mall tenants. And there. As for Pure Gold, Pure Gold has been, um, in terms of share price, in terms of earnings, has been one of the resilient ones. right? So what is the management saying? So what they said is to remain relevant to changing consumer shopping preferences. Management said it is exploring an omni-channel strategy to reach new such as online community markets, mobile delivery applications. So for the the traditional big-box stores, management will right-size outlets from 2,000 square meters to only 800 square meters. So additionally, management has laid out a roadmap to reduce reliance on supplier support with a three-pronged plan to ensure competitiveness and protect market share. So first, they plan to offer competitive pricing destination categories such as liquors and cigarettes second they will produce in-house brands that will compensate margins and bring value to the table so of course the logic is usually if you if you have your own brand instead of buying from others you will have a higher profit margin because you have lower costs so that's their logic there another the third one is margin tracking for the top 30 to 40 suppliers that control 80 percent of people's revenues so for pure gold, they actually kept their capital expenditure budget intact at 3.4 billion this year for 25 new pure gold stores, two SNR stores, and 10 SNR quick service restaurants. As for ICT, at the moment, management's outlook remains bleak since the pace of global economic recovery post COVID-19 pandemic is uncertain. Nevertheless, the company believes that it has enough liquidity since it was able to raise 400 million U.S. dollars of debt during the beginning of the year to refinance its maturities for the year. So they're implementing cost initiatives um, which they hope will bear fruit and will com- improve the company's long-term cost structure. Moreover, ICTC's value acquisition opportunities that could arise going forward as a result of this pandemic. So they're actually um, planning to acquire. Okay, so as for Ayala Corp, the holding company, due to the uncertainty of the situation, they will shorten their planning horizon to focus on the health of its stakeholders and survivability of the corporation. So long-term plans and earnings projections are not in the management's current agenda. Its short-term plans are divided into three segments. Number one, preparing its workforce to get back to work. Number two, understanding how the consumer is changing. And number three, optimizing its digital infrastructure. Okay, so actually, this is an addition. This is actually... Um, the most updated one since bpi just released its uh, earnings last july 17 so what is the bank saying so they released their first half earnings what were they saying they're seeing weakness in auto and mortgage loans so that's a given but the positive side there is at the latter part of june they saw a pickup in loan releases but nevertheless they still expect it to be down for the rest of the year in terms of who is significantly affected they saw the OFW and anyone related to the hospitality significantly affected. This is a good trend though. What I will say next is a good trend. Today, what BPI said is less than 10% transactions happen inside the bank. So 90% is now online given the pandemic, right? But majority of the value of the money coming into the bank, or at least the transactions, majority of the value of the transaction still comes from the branches, right? So they are planning, uh, are doing a strategy with that data. So probably some of you are asking, DPI has actually lent ABS-CBN, right? And what they said was they actually provided a provision for ABS already. But they continue to evaluate if it's sufficient, if the provision for losses is sufficient. So they're in talks with ABS for a credit enhancement. So that's what they said. When DPI was asked, how much are the companies talking about destructuring? The what they said that the company is talking about restructuring is still a minority, meaning it's still minuscule, it's still not, that it's only a few. But what the bank said, it's still a no-man's land and the bank would still be conservative moving forward. So in terms of the numbers, actually in terms of their non-performing loans, the numbers, for lack of a better word, is still understated because the first half of 2020, a lot of people still took advantage of the Greece period because of the Bayanian Act, right? What they are looking at now are the numbers coming moving forward. So actually, for the banks, it's still a much watch in terms of their third quarter numbers, given that there's no buy in act anymore, no grace period in terms of payment of credit card, in terms of payment of debt, or the SME's payment of their debt. So those are what the companies are saying to date. So I hope you stay- I'll keep watchful of our daily reports to see more of those. That's it for the week. Thank you. This is Troy Aguilar from the Equity Research Department. And as always, your future first. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities' Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders join facebook.com/groups/firstmetrosec and be part of the First Metrosec family